0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Listenable Bonus, bonus. Oh. It's a little bonus episode, a little taster of a disability news story that we've seen during the last couple of weeks, and we thought we'd bring to you with our opinions. Um, this is a story from Tasmania, and hello to our Tasmanian listeners. Shout do out. To, do you know
1: one of me. the best places? This is not a Tasmanian ad, mm-hmm. but unless they want to get around us, Hobart. Like, going to Tassie is unbelievable. I lived like, in Launceston like, sure for four months. If you haven't done it, yeah. do it.
0: I mean, the news story is, I guess, a catalyst for a larger discussion I'd like to have at the end of this. But a High Court, this is the headline, High Court sides with developer over Hobart Parliament Square disability access case. Have you heard about this?
1: Yeah, there's some really spewing people in the um, disability advocacy world, especially down there, and rightfully so.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, the one who's making the big news, um, and shout-outs to you, David Cawthorn. Let's get into the article. A disability advocate says he feels he's been kicked in the guts after the High Court ruled in favour of the developer of Hobart's £220 Parliament Square precinct in a long-running dispute over equal access. It takes up a full block in the city and is touted as Tasmania's answer to Federation Square ahead of its construction disability advocate David Cawthorn has been fighting the square's developers for almost six years over the site's accessibility there are two entrances with ramps but accessing them goes to the Hobart waterfront precinct and requires a 35 meter uphill push for people using wheelchairs or ramps now Dil we will be sharing this with a photo right now of the steepness of the hill Dil you can see it on your screen as well I mean we are talking about a huge incline just to get up to one of the accessible areas
1: I pushed up that hill during Dark Mofo. I was probably not in the best nick I've ever been in uh, at that time. It is a monster of a hill. Mm. Even for someone, I was a professional athlete at the time.
0: So the entrance that is most used is only accessible via stairs. The developer has said that they are, and they obviously have, because it went through the uh, courts, that their development complied with Commonwealth standards, which requires 50% of entrances, including... The principal pedestrian entrance to be accessible i didn't know that as a statistic that is law that you know not all entrances have to be accessible but 50 percent
1: the requirements and the standards are the bare minimum Mm. of what you should do and the floor of what you should do and these people are like nah we've hit it and in a court of law they're right because that's the standards and that's what people think about but they haven't taken into account what people with disability actually have to go through to, to access that. Uh,
0: Mr Cawthorn appealed to the Supreme Court to argue the issue could be heard by a tribunal, which found it in his favour. And then the developer took the matter to the High Court and was recently passed through because they don't have a power to consider the issue because what they are doing is what is written in the law. And then Mr Cawthorn said, I'm really disappointed with the situation. And then he goes on to mention that it's not just people with disability, there's parents with prams, mums who have to push, you know. and I, I'm a dad, prams now have three kids in them. Imagine pushing three kids up an incline of that just to go and celebrate something in the city square. Like you talk about, accessibility isn't necessarily for people with disability, it's for everybody. The bare minimum just seemed, when I read it and I saw the the statistics and that it can be thrown out of court because of these archaic standards, this is something you've lived with your whole life deal it's just
1: gut-wrenching when people's lived experience is dismissed because it might cost an extra 25 to 50 grand to make it accessible
0: mm. like well
1: really? maybe it's more maybe it's more of course. I don't, we don't know the details we don't want to get people calling us and having a go at us but people are just getting taken to court because they know they can't defend themselves because mm. they've got money yeah so then you lose
0: and there's a big right? developer no, with actual... billions of dollars currently in yeah. the works of developing property so going up against one guy in a wheelchair you know
1: rather than actual you know, lived experience being listened to. It's getting fought out in the courts. Everyone's wasting money. It's an easy fix, to be honest. Um, and it's a shame that it wasn't listened to. And I'm not going to... You know what? I'm going to go to that square. And I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spit on the ground.
0: <laughs> well, I should also mention the... Um, there's a couple of quotes which I just want to talk about. The uh, property group manager, so the big boss of this development company, welcomed the high court decision, of course, and said, We do not believe Parliament Square has been built in any way to discriminate against people with disability. Here's the thing, there's a guy who's screaming at the top of his lungs saying, yes it is. So he's like, we do not believe. There's somebody here knocking on the door going, hang on, sorry, you should believe it because I'm not... you know, I was going to say a fictional character, let's just say Narnia, I exist and I'm in front of you mm-hmm. saying this is not accessible enough for me. So it's just bizarre that somebody could have that thought. When there's someone and I reckon
1: some people on that high court panel would understand what had to be changed, but they legally can't. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that's the law and that's a bummer. I think sometimes that's why rules and regulations can be awesome when they're done to keep out discrimination, but can be really indirectly discriminate people because people can fall back on them and say, no, no, we're doing that. That's all we've got to do. It's like, listen to my voice. This is affects us. Mm. And look, I can't wait to go down there and test that hill. If I can't push up that hill, especially i mean i have had to put on a couple of kegs since i retired but if i can't if someone like me can't push up that hill how's how's the chance of anybody with a more severe disability or any bit older or whatever gonna have the chance of doing that's a real
0: bummer i two quick questions for you and you're not a lawyer but you just work in this space so often you might have the answer with laws that are tens if not hundreds of years old these archaic laws we've been talking about how will people with disability literally have to push uphill change how does it happen does it start with the developers does it start with changes the laws is there somebody in a government seat whose job it is to change
1: these yeah a bit of bit of all three i think the big thing is making society understand more and normalize disability so when that email comes across that developer's desk they go oh yeah i get it let's try and fix that for you mm. as opposed to dragging on for six years in the courts because they don't understand angers right because they don't have any knowledge of disability nor do they care about it in this in this instance so that's obviously the bit the best way of but also it's so great that advocates are sticking up for what they believe in, but that can be tiresome. Mm -hmm. You just want to go to the square and have a beer with your family. You don't want to take him to court for six years. Like he's not, he's not doing it to be a pain in the ass. He's doing it because he wants to have inclusive access so he can be a normal member of society. And it's great that advocates are out there, but you can't always ask for advocates to knock the door down. We need help in doing that. And, it's all of us to keep supporting that and hopefully this podcast helps in some way that's why we're talking about it today
0: uh three shout outs um the first go to his lawyers who are working pro bono i didn't have their name on the sheet on my apologies however um, they are in the article which we just spoke about by Ellen Coulter. It's going to be in our show notes. So a big shout-out to her for printing that article on National and bringing it to our attention. And the biggest shout-out, of course, has to go to our man David Cawthorne. Thanks for fighting the good fight because he's not fighting it for himself. He's fighting it for this generation, the next generation. Me. Talking to to me
1: too. Yeah. All of us. So big ups to him.